Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's national headquarters. We've all seen the headlines or maybe even lived through it. No power during a freezing cold winter or rolling blackouts because of a heat wave. The truth is most of us assume the lights will always be on until they're not. The challenges facing our power grid aren't new, but growing usage combined with the continued effects of climate change are taxing the system, not just here, but worldwide. Today, we talk to two sustainability and green building experts about powering the grid. Kevin Hyde is an engineer, green design innovator, and the founder and chair of Integral Group. He's joined by Sam Brooks, Starfish Electric's founder and CEO. We talked to them both after an impressive presentation at DBIA's annual conference and expo. But before we get started, DBIA offers our special thanks to USCAD for partnering with us to bring you this year's episodes of Design Build Delivers. Kevin Hyde's kicks off our conversation about how design builders can help power the grid. So we are going to talk to Kevin and Sam about powering the grid, which is a huge topic. I'm sure we could talk about it for an hour. We're going to condense that into a shorter version. So let's start at the very beginning. We're seeing incredible challenges coming down the pike. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what that looks like. What, what is it that's happening? President Biden's uh, uh, making huge new commitments to how, how we're going to decarbonize fast enough to to change the, the temperature rise that we've, that we've been experiencing um, in the last 100 years. Um, and one of the big elements of how can we change that, that rise is getting off fossil fuels. And as it relates to buildings, which design builders here at this conference this week are talking about, you know, we design and build buildings and operate buildings. Um, and they're switching rapidly from fossil fuel, from gas, from oil, from dirty electricity to everything's going to be powered by the grid and the grid's going to be clean, powered by renewables. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a task that is hard to, you, you can't overstate how big um, the challenge is ahead of us. Uh, you know, we already have a grid that struggles to provide enough power as is, you know, Pacific Northwest, millions of people without power, Texas, many millions without power last winter, New Orleans. Uh, so the grid, the grid's already struggling. Um, and electrifying our buildings and transit alone is about a 2x proposition. So, um, you know, it, it, it on its face is, is just a, a big deal. Um, and uh, we have the technologies, they're mature, um, to get us from here to there, but um, but there, there's a lot of work, uh, a lot of collaboration, a lot of integration that needs to happen to, to make that reality um, come to fruition. And as Kev says, I mean, there's a right answer here. We have to do it. Uh, this isn't really an, an option. Um, and I think the question really is how quickly. Um, and that's, that's the real challenge is, is it's, we're already too late. We need to get going. And building that momentum isn't easy. Big, big things are scary. Big things tend to, just by the definition of being that large, make people step back and just walk away. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've got to engage the entire industry, you know, from, 
from the capital. We've got to have the money to do this. So we've seen big bills going through the government right now to get the money to drive some of the change. But all the, you know, it's got to come from private sector. It's got to be. It's got to come from green finance. So the money's got to be made available, and it is getting made available at a scale we've never seen before. Then the challenge to the industry becomes: Well, how can we do all that? And do we have enough people? Do we have enough, you know, engineers? Do we have enough contractors? Do we have enough? You know, quite frankly, this is going to come down to electrical engineers and electrical contractors, as well as, as, well as all the other builders. You know. Uh, it's a big, it's a big task, and we've got to uh, mobilize fast. So we're hoping that you know, through our session, we can sort of light a fuse, you know, that would, you know, ripple around the industry, and and not just to be a. That was an interesting session those two guys gave at the conference uh, this year. They go back to their offices, to where you know, their cities, their towns, wherever they're from, and they start to dig into what's it going to take to electrify my town, my state. You know, and then all, all the other things that relate to that. So you're thinking you're thinking that the that one of the the keys to making this happen is don't don't worry about top down, get down to the folks who are actually going to do the work and let them help generate yeah what I, needs to happen. Yeah, Kim. I mean, it's yeah. up. You know, we always talk about supply demand. There is there is no lack of demand. The the demand is there. Every private sector client we know wants this. Every public sector client we know wants this. Every human being on the planet wants this. So the demand's there. We've got to build supply. We've got to build, we've got to take our industry and we've got to, like it, I mean, Sam said, this is a 2x in terms of generation. But it's got to be done in such a short period of time. We're going to be building three, four, five x capacity in these key, key elements of the supply chain from the manufacturing you know, through the design, through the construction, and then the long-term operation. So it's a, it's a huge increase in capacity that we're gonna need. Yeah, I mean, it's, you try to think of an analogy, there's one that just comes to mind, which is we mobilize like this for wars. I mean, it really is a war-like footing. Um, there's really no other way to describe what's necessary. Um, but, um, but the good news is we do that. We have done that. Um, for 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 really uh, great causes over the course of, um, of of our history, I'm thinking of World War II. There was a time when we mobilized um, in every sector uh, across the land to to do something that was um, you know critically important and that needed to be done uh, urgently. And this is the same the same magnitude of importance, uh, but the same magnitude of effort. Um, and I you know flying in here go over a lot of oil and gas, um, and you could take that to be uh, uh, going over a lot of oil and gas, but I'm, I'm heartened by the fact that um, about 20 years ago, you would have gone over, and it would have been primarily oil, not gas. Um, there was gas down there, it was stuck in dense rock. Um, and there were some in the industry that said, we can get it out of there. And most said, you're crazy. Um, we were building import terminals for natural gas. Um, but they um, kept at it, kept at it, drilled horizontally, worked with this thing called hydraulic fracturing, uh, factoring, and, um, and they made it work. And all of a sudden, the world changed in a matter of five or six years. 
the state of Colorado knows it well. The job creation was extraordinary. Um, the way it has transformed all of our lives is extraordinary. Um, so we've seen it happen in energy. Uh, what happened around the turn of the century with, um, with something that was thought to just be utterly impossible, getting, getting gas out of this shale, dense rock, but you know, the, 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 right, the right drilling and what became known as fracking um, made it happen. And, and what we're talking about is figuring out how to get you know, uh, energy out of the sun that seems possible in that in that context, um, and that's what gets and the wind as well. And the wind, yeah. yeah. Come on, wind. Let's so as, the wind. as long as the sun keeps rising and the wind keeps blowing, we're in good shape, and we can and be. The waves are going to help us. As we well. can be relatively certain those things will happen. <laughs> are you interested in sustainable design and construction practices, but concerned about profitability? U.S. CAD, a Zero company helps forward-thinking ENR top-ranked AEC firms mitigate risk and drive profit through digitalization using Autodesk AEC technology. To learn more, contact uscad.com slash DBIA for a free 30-minute consultation. That's uscad.com slash DBIA. What turns that momentum? You t we talked about the, the fires that we're seeing. We're talking about the lack of, of energy and the, the collapses in various places all over the country where they're losing power. We take power totally for granted. We just think it's always going to be there just like water, right? It's just going to be there. Um, what, what turns that around? Is it a crisis? I mean, does it really have to get so bad that we have to go without power for months before anybody pays attention? Or is it, is it something that we can move along in some other way? Well, I think it's going to be both. I mean, I live in California, so we've been, I mean, when I first moved to California, I moved to, to work on the Packard Foundation project, um, which at the time was said to be the most important building in America. Um, and when I arrived in, in the Bay Area, they had rolling blackouts. That was 2002. And, you know, every day you'd listen to the local radio and and uh, no, 50,000 houses are getting shut down in Mill Valley, and then you know, there'll be six hours, and then another six hours later, it'll be Los Altos or somewhere else. And that went on for best part of half a year. And that, wasn't, that was created by a, a financial problem, effectively, you know, um, a man-made crisis, you might say. Climate change is also a man-made crisis. And we, when we begin to realize that, and as the scientists tell us, Increasingly, you know, what we need to do is we, we need to get off those fossil fuels. So I think whether it's whether you've, you've been impacted because of the rolling blackouts, you know, my power goes over my house in Berkeley probably a couple of hours each day whenever there's any reasonably high temperature. It didn't need to be extreme anymore or any potential of any winds over about 30 knots. I mean, the utility company shuts off the grid because it's such a fragile system. So people are putting, buying electric cars, they're putting in batteries at their houses, and they realize they're going to need that at the, at the utility scale. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think of it like coronavirus in 2019. We know that this thing is going to happen. We know that it will be catastrophic. We all know it, just like in coronavirus. Anybody that would pay attention to those scientists knew what was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. And the same thing is the case with the grid at a catastrophic, systemic, long-term level. Um, and the question is whether we're 
going to take action on that or whether like coronavirus, it will take catastrophic failure um, to, to be the inflection point to do something. Um, and, and so I hope, I hope we don't do what we did <laughs> with coronavirus and we take action uh, before um, the world kind of comes to an end. But, but as you said, it, it will. I mean, having power is just something you don't think about until you don't have it, and then it's all you think about. Right. So um, you realize how it impacts every single yeah, thing you did all day long. Goodness. <laughs> um, so it's going to happen, um, and and hopefully it's just you know hopefully you know there aren't you know Hurricane and Maria in in Puerto Rico uh, now four or five years ago. I mean, a shame on all of us. It was almost forgotten it even happened. Million people without power for three years for three months. Um, hundreds of thousands without it for a year. So, um, yeah, it, we just, you know, you, you've, I, I've got to hope and believe that, that we're going to do the right thing and take action before these things keep happening. And, and we are taking action. I mean, at the um, jurisdictional level, you know, we've got states, we've got cities, we've got counties, we've got utilities that are already cleaning up their grids. Um, it's happening in real time. You know, year after year, the the major utility grids are getting cleaned up fast, faster than we've ever seen before. And and then separately, just like when electricity first arrived, you know, local communities would have the local power company. So we're we're seeing a lot of independent power providers using renewable systems, using solar wind. And storage, which is something that you know Sam really likes to emphasize. We, the sun's always going to shine, and the wind's always going to blow, and the waves will always crash. But maybe not all the right time. So we we got to be storing the energy as well. Which... And it's not necessarily it's not really just being crass. It's just honest. There there's there is a need for this, which means there there is a, 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 not a financial reason to do this too. If you are running. Uh, a utility, you want to run something that's going to be sustainable and resilient. Yep. And, and, and our clients aren't waiting any longer. They're not waiting for federal government or the state government or the utility. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's what I do all day, every day is, is, is design microgrids. Um, and, and what that is, is uh, making this happen for a building or a collection of buildings, um, and, uh, and things get really, really clear really quickly there. You want to island when the grid goes down. If you're not able to generate enough power from your renewables or store it correctly, then the lights go out. So, um, so it focuses one's attention pretty crisply um, in the microgrid. Um, but it, it's proof that this can work. Um, and it's illustrative um, in, a, in a really um, you know, somewhat scary way that we're only doing it a million square feet at a time. It's got to be measured on tens and hundreds of millions of square feet at a time. But it's, but it's really promising because it does work. It works financially. Um, and, and the technology is mature. Um, and now we just need everything around that technology and that finance. We need the whole industry um, to, to mature and to mature quickly to, to scale that um, you know, to a level that's, you know, that, that certainly we've never seen before. It certainly does feel like that's a that's a growth potential for a design build team that's sitting, listening, thinking. Hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, design build teams already. I mean, the fact that they even exist is they're trying to do something 
typically faster, better, and sometimes you know using the money more wisely, right? So this is a natural extension. I think you know, of all the forums that we could present at right now, this is probably the most important one. We could, and we will speak at architectural conferences and engineering conferences and other, and they're all going to be important as well. But this, this is where people come together as the industry that can design, build, finance, operate. I mean, I just saw a session on libraries in Southern California, design, build, finance, operate. So the mechanisms are already in place. They've been put together by DBIA and others um, to, sh to show you can compress the whole supply chain, you know, get, get everybody in the tent quickly and then implement, you know, you know like and, and execute. And that's what we talk, we talk about execution at this point. I mean, the theory, as Sam says, the we got the theory, we've got examples of how this has been done. It's not that many years ago, we were questioning Elon Musk and whether his Tesla would ever take off. And now I think he's the richest person on the planet. You know, and every other car company in the world are doing everything they, they can to catch up and overtake him. You know, the new Ford 150E is not just going to be an electric vehicle. It's going to be able to power your house. The, 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 the electrons can go in both directions. That will change things as well. When, you're, when your vehicle can be your backup storage system. It's huge. And design builders particularly have a long history of being a little bit iconoclastic, right? They're always, always trying to tweak it a little bit, trying to be innovative. This hits me as a place that's just ripe for, let's just take this and innovate it to the next place and deliver it. That's right. Yeah, and I think the one of the unique things here is that the finance is already underneath all of this um, because what we're talking about is not new money. We pour money into that failing old electric grid every day, every building, every campus, every industry does um, into, into these old systems that aren't working. All we're talking about is recalibrating dollars that, we're, that are already going to be spent and putting them towards something um, that's cleaner, that's more robust, and that offers better value you know, to our clients. Um, so you know, this, this, isn't, um, this isn't rocket science. Like, it, you know, we're just using dollars that already exist. Um, and, and, and people are presumably going to continue to pay their power bills. As long as they do, we're just saying, instead of putting it to that you know, kind of antiquated system, put it to a new one. Um, and, and again, we've, we've see, we see it work at, at kind of a micro level. Um, and, and it's just a matter of time before we hit the tipping point and, and really scale it. You know, take it you know, one step at a time. Even when we're you're putting blacktop back on the roads, Let's put, some, let's put some electrical conduits, even if we haven't figured out where the wires are going just yet, but let's just put some, start putting in trenches, start putting in, you know, raceways so we can, the year after, you know, now feed through there to generation equipment and, and the, the end user without having to go back and dig that road up again. I mean, that would be an absolute waste of everybody's time, effort, and money. So that's where we want to see things move you know, in the construction, that, that so that all members of DBI, DBIA should be thinking, okay, so this, this electric future is coming, it's coming really fast. You know, what, what should we put into our, our common standards, our common specifications, our, you know, our RFPs, our RFQs, just get the whole thing enabled. And then, at the same time, we need to be building this capacity. I guarantee you there's not enough electricians in this country to do a fraction of this. So if you've got 
sons or daughters that want to know what industry you go in, tell them go into the electrical business. It, I mean, it, it's going to be breathtaking to see uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. I just I feel bad for these construction crews that I'm imagining. I think when Kev goes down the street and he sees a crew <laughs> repaving a road, he probably gets out of his car and goes and <laughs> yells at somebody, why aren't you putting conduit underneath there? It's become a real thing for you. You're not wrong, but no, no, well, I, I just have this vision of you just being that guy. <laughs> well, I'm in charge these days of the construction work at my, my yacht club, my sailing club. And we were just talking about last night because we're going to redo one of the ramps. I said, well, let's make sure we don't forget to put in some new conduit that we don't know yet what we're going to do with let's it. Let's we'll building for the future. Exactly. Is that right? That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's common sense. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. The building for the future that nobody can really fully see yet. Yeah. But like you said, this, this future is, is pretty clear. You know, one, one example that we're using in our, in our session is, is the, the World Wide Web. 20 years ago, we were laying cables under, underneath, on the bed of the, the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. And I was involved with some of those projects back then. And they were running thousands and thousands of miles. And they were starting off in Boston and they were ending up in Dublin Island or from San Francisco and going to Tokyo. And, and nobody knew what we were doing. And I kept on saying, why are we doing all, why are we doing all, why are we laying all this cable and putting these switches at each end? And the people who were working with us said, well, we're going to be creating this broadband. And I didn't even know what broadband was. You think today if we'd not made that investment? And that happened in literally a few years. And nobody knew it was happening. Just like, the, just like what uh, Sam talked about with the natural gas, how the U.S. went from an oil importing, like an energy importer to an energy exporter through unleashing you know, the gas in the rocks. This is, uh, this is the same scale, same time frame, we've got to flick that switch. Inspiring people to, to just think ahead just a little bit, or maybe a lot. <laughs> well, it, you know, it starts by what do you do tomorrow, right? At the, the day after the conference, going back to the shop, have a meeting. Say, so look, this, these guys are talking about this electric future. What are we doing about it? You know, I think the members can really get engaged. I think it could be a real initiative by DBIA itself as a new track, a new program, a new potentially series of events. I'm really, I, I left school at 15 to be a, an apprentice pipe fitter. So I did my apprenticeship. So I'm very proud of my apprenticeship. I don't think I could do good piping anymore, but there you go. I've been away from that too long. But we really need to, to you know, promote you know, apprenticeships, retraining, bring in you know, unemployed youth, you know, to training programs, we put them on the job side. That you know, this is a huge training exercise, and it could be a massive value socially. You know, and I think that's where the to me that's where the role is that all the members can play, because we we all employ people, we all you know um, commit to training and re-educating, and I think but this will be a specific big lift that we need from everybody. Yeah, and the industry's long acknowledged the need that we have got to get we've got to get some new blood in here. We, we need we need to find a way to get folks into our industry for the future. Yeah, you know, and there was there was articles um, on uh, NPR I was listening to about six months ago. And they were talking about it. They were talking about plumbers, and they were talking about how there are very few women in 
to go into the plumbing because it's, it's got a stigma to it. It's, you know, it was interesting. And the, a couple of women were speaking who are, you know, journeyman plumbers and pipe fitters, et cetera. And they were so powerful and so you know, positive and optimistic. I thought, wow, you know, let's get them speaking at the conference. Let's get them seeing, you know, bringing, bringing other women in. And it's the same. When I go on the big construction sites, you know, I'm looking for gen, you know, gender diversity. I'm looking for diversity at all levels. But we, you know, just like in the Second World War, Rosie the Riveter. I mean, I, li I live five miles away from the Rosie the River Museum. And, you know, at the end of the Second World War, we had 250,000 shipyard workers in Richmond. 250,000. Today, there's only 100,000 people in the city of Richmond. You know, and half of those were, were women doing the welding, doing the riveting, et cetera. Yeah. So we're going to need that. These bigger actors, you know, the generals and the big sub-trades, if they grab a hold of this thing, they can really, they can really run with it. They can run with it, yeah. And this could be driven by engineers like, like ourselves to some extent, but I think they can drive it. I really do. Thanks again to Kevin and Sam for joining us. Did you know you can access DBIA's conference recordings even after the event? You can watch Kevin and Sam's full presentation on Powering the Grid by purchasing that session and many more through DBIA's Learning Center at education.dbia.org. Just search for conference recordings. Speaking of conferences, we hope you'll join us for this year's Design Build Conference and Expo, November 2nd through 4th in Las Vegas. Go to dbia.org slash conferences for details. And again, thank you to USCAD for their support of Design Build Delivers. Find out more at uscad.com slash dbia.